Hello and welcome to another episode of Adventures in .NET. I'm Sean Claybill, your host, and today I have Caleb Wells with me. Hey, Caleb. Hey, Sean. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Good. So uh, this long time no see. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, you know, spring should be coming, right? But I don't think so. We're probably gonna have. Some well, we um, we uh, we were in the 70s and 80s most of this week, and now. Today we're down to the 40s, which for us is cold. So, <laughs> wow, it's 42 for me. So, am I warmer than you? <laughs> uh, right now it is officially 52 degrees, so it's warmed up a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's let's welcome our guest today, uh, Martin Tyrion. Welcome, Martin. Hi. Uh, thanks. Welcome, uh, Sean. Uh, nice to nice to talk to you and Caleb, of course. Yeah. yeah, just thank me. you, you for joining. Me about Caleb. Yeah. No, <laughs> nobody worries about me. <laughs> All right, Martin. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know uh, what you do and, uh, and how you got into working with .NET things like that. Yes. So I'm a senior software engineer at uh, Microsoft. I'm in the commercial software engineering, or CZ as we call it. Uh, so we're uh, a big organization of uh, about a thousand people, I believe now, uh, worldwide working working with uh, large customers, uh, mostly on uh, on Azure deployments and everything that's connected to it. Um, and I I started out uh, like a million years ago as a, a COBOL developer, <laughs> and then from COBOL went to to C and C plus plus, and then uh, ended up with C sharp and uh, and .NET. Um, and actually, so we, we try to do with all languages or, or platforms uh, that we encounter at customers. But most of the time, it's, uh, it's of course, it's Azure and, and .NET and C Sharp. Well, it's kind of a similar journey there to what I had. You know, I took COBOL and Pascal and Fortran when I was in college. So I had some familiarity with those old languages and just C, you know, before C++, did some of that. So I, yeah. I can... Yeah, yeah, not me. me. <laughs> it, it's still here, and actually, you can make a lot of yes. money. You're a COBOL programmer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not sure I know a couple to, uh, do that all the time, but uh, I had fun when I when I did it. Yeah, I just yeah. traded periods at the end of everything for semicolons. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so I think uh, our main topic for today is uh, using Liquid for making templates and using in .NET. So I don't think we're talking about liquid fluid, water, and things like that. So first, let us know what Liquid really is. Yeah, so maybe describing the problem that we faced. So uh, one of the things we, uh, we were uh, doing for a customer is where we had uh, notifications of uh, data going over specific levels and things like that. Um, and then we want to, wanted to capture that and then send an email to, to, to people. So it, it needed a kind of subscription model, but also some kind of content to send to someone to say, hey, this, this, these, these numbers are not what you expected or whatever. And of course, what the content of that message is, is changing every time for every scenario. So we needed to have something that you, you can have your 
uh, a piece of text and a piece of data and have that come together and do a kind of a mail merge and, and send it to people. Um, so we were looking into a solution and, and first you think like, oh, you, you can do a, like a two string or things like that, right? Uh, uh, do that yourself. But then you're very stuck to maybe what you put in code or you have some text file and you have to do some, some magic there to do replacements. Uh, but most of the time you want to do more. And especially when you think of um, uh, maybe generating a report that, ha that has a, a tabular data, for instance, it's not longer just replace uh, a name or something, but now it's also about uh, iterating over data and, and maybe structuring it and, and uh, uh, update or, or, or have a layout for it and, and maybe give colors and stuff like that. So you want more and more and more. And then, of course, you don't do that in pure code anymore. Uh, so we, we were looking for uh, something that, that would be a very good solution uh, for this. Uh, so we stumbled upon uh, a Liquid language. And actually, when you dig into Liquid, um, so the simplest way to describe it for me is it's, it's just combining text with data. Um, and the output is, again, text. Uh, and then you would say, okay, so, so you have just plain text, but you can also do that with HTML because that's also text or JSON or XML or any other text-based something where you can put in data and output something else. Uh, so this was the first scenario where, where we used then Liquid because we then had a template that um, had, had a specific structure with some text and uh, showing some data. Um, and then we brought in the data and outputted it in HTML, which we sent by email. So you get a nicely formatted email that you can read and you can have uh, something like a graph in there or, or stuff like that. Um, so that that's actually what, what Liquid is. Um, it, it, it was originally uh, written by uh, Shopify. Uh, Shopify. Uh, they say uh, written in Ruby. Um, and it's actually a standard. And when you look at it, it looks uh, pretty familiar. If you have ever worked with uh, ASP or things like that, or Razor, you have those, uh, those those curly braces that you see everywhere, or double curly braces. And that's, that's actually what's being used in the Liquid language. And the nice thing of Liquid, it's not only like put this piece of data here, but there's also um, uh, a lot of stuff there to do logic in your in your data, so to iterate over things or to filter a list and then uh, use only that output or uh, have logic constructions like if else or uh, things like that, and that make it made it makes it very powerful to do these text transformations and output something else. Um, and the nice uh, thing is, it's like when you're using a good engine. It's amazingly fast. And of course, when you think of this being used with things like uh, uh, ASP, you want a, a very fast like transition from the, the, the ASP code you have to HTML. It, it, it can take like minutes or something or seconds. It should be very fast because you want to do that every time. So, and, and that's exactly what you see with these, these, these parsers. Uh, it's very fast to deliver in, into another format, uh, and it's very flexible. So that's a bit 
like the, the purpose of of, uh, of liquid. Uh, it, it's coming from the HTML background. So to, to generate HTML from static data or combine HTML with data. Um, but when you think of it, uh, there's a lot of text already mentioned like JSON or XML um, uh, and all, all kind of special uh, uh, JSON uh, documents that you have. We also did, for instance, conversion from XML to JSON to specific formats. And all using uh, all using liquid, so then it's uh, very easy to uh, to apply them. So how do you get liquid? Is it is it a NuGet package that you just install and you can start with from there and and build your templates, or I mean, well, is it something free? A liquid is the language itself, so that's the definite definition of the of the let's say the syntax or the structure. Um, and there uh, are a number of um, uh, NuGet packages out there that you can use. Uh, the one that that we have been using. So we started with Scriban. So that's S-C-R-I-B-A-N. Uh, we ran into that one. Um, that was a very good one when, when we started with it, but it has limitations. So it it only uh, implements a, a limited set of the of actually the language. Um, and later on, um, we came across Fluid, Fluid.core. It's also an open source project. It's on GitHub. Um, and it turned out that it was actually created by uh, one of my uh, colleagues in uh, in Seattle, uh, and and it's the package that is is uh, frequently used uh, also within Microsoft and also in in, in other projects, um, and it's 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 very very fast, um, and that's why uh, and and the nice thing of of that implementation is that um, they also built in a kind of security, so of course there's there's you can have a potential leak when you have this template language and you just say, well, give me the data and you can do anything with it. Then you actually can inspect with that template everything that, that's in your data and maybe more because you, you it's, it's not strongly typed, of course. So there's a way to interact with the data. So what, what they did with Fluid.core is their security model. So you can open up specific uh, objects or or methods or properties, uh, or of course, what we all as devs do say, I don't care, just open up anything so you can just use it. But that this is what you can do with with uh, 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 on that level of security. Um, so you just bring in that NuGet package, um, you you create a template object, get the the, the template that you created uh, with the, with the liquid code, uh, and define the, the data. And then say render, and then you get your output as a as a string. So that's that's essentially how it how it works. Um, and the nice thing that we found with the fluid is that you have all kind of ways to insert logic in there, because sometimes you want specific conversions of data, or you want to expose. So, for instance, I had a structure with uh, uh, tables and fields and records, like the normal stuff. But I want to enable it in Liquid that they can do a table name dot uh, and then maybe index as a uh, with the row and then dot give the field and then you have your value. So then you need to do some things like uh, value converters in in Fluid, and it's very easy to implement a class in that, give it as an option, and then it's all being like processed in the in the rendering. So you have a lot of flex uh, flexibility there to uh, even uh, add something to the 
data structure and, and have a, an easy way to, to access the data. I was wondering, um, and this kind of goes in line with what you're saying with, you know, how you're formatting the data and putting in tables. Does it make uh, formatting the emails for multiple clients harder or easier with Liquid? It's hard in general. Because so what do you mean for multiple pay. clients? Oh. Well, you know, right, like uh, Outlook Desktop, Outlook Mobile, Google, Gmail. Um, I'm not sure how, uh, you know, you get these newsletter emails and they're very complex with lots of graphics. I don't know that yeah. you guys went that far, but but in that same vein, um, does this help with that formatting and that, that workflow? No? No, not at all. Because... <laughs> It's, it's just going from text to text. Uh, so, okay. for instance, we had uh, uh, recently a, a small side project where we also had, had a kind of a reporting engine. Um, and then when we used it, um, uh, the guys who were working on it were referencing uh, a CSS file, an external file. And then it turned out when you send that through Outlook uh, to Mail, it doesn't work. So you have the same restrictions there. So then, then uh, Liquid or uh, the Liquid parser doesn't solve that for you. Um, I didn't hear of any uh, Liquid parser that, that would help you out with that. Because again, it's, it's what the context of the template is that, right. that gets to the output, right? So, but you could do things, maybe smart things in there where uh, parts of the template are data again. And when it's data, you can maybe like structure it and give a parameter like, uh, I'm now sending it to this kind of browser or email package, uh, and then use a specific like output of that data to use that in the template. So you can do like software architecture stuff there to make, make it work and, and have that um, work in different ways as well. Um, so one of the things, for instance, we did when we had to go from XML to an HL7 JSON format. So this is a healthcare like claim uh, structure. Um, we had to do data transformations there for uh, having uh, an MF uh, like male and female in, in the data. And it has to be like real male or female. So you can have liquid structures there again to do those transformations. So you can do this for other purposes uh, as well. But you have to do it yourself. Is Fluid something fairly new? I, I, I've heard about it before, so is it something that uh, uh, just came about? I don't know how old it is. Let me see if there's any information there. Uh, I don't think so. Um so the liquid the liquid language itself is uh, created by Shopify in 2006. So that's now about 16, 17 years old. Um, Fluid, I no, I don't know when he started. Is it is it just for full or for .NET Core or are there packages that also work with full framework? Now, Fluid is for, uh, I think it's uh, .NET standard library, so you can use it for .NET and for uh, uh, .NET Core. Uh, it, it doesn't support on the other, uh, any other languages, uh, but there are other uh, liquid parsers that you can use for JavaScript or TypeScript or 
Python or uh, there there are other runtimes as well. But this was the ones we we uh, we found, yeah, well, most easiest in use for the .NET platform. I wonder um, why not just use the uh, re use the Razor syntax. You know, come up with a new language and a new syntax for your templates instead of just you know having you know something that people are already familiar with using Razor, but then just have the output be a merged text. Yeah, so we, we tried it as first, but the, the, the biggest problem is uh, now you're in a, like a backend service in a .NET Core application and, and you just want to have an object and, and say render to it now and, and you just want to have back a string that you can use and I don't know, email or put in a database or whatever you want to do with it. Uh, so we were looking into Razor, uh, but just calling into this and, and, and have the files in there and then like generate stuff, that's very complex. So that's where, where these kind of uh, rendering engines are, are much easier because they're just like input the, te input the template, input the data and output uh, a text and that's it. it it's nothing more. Uh, so that's why then uh, very um, uh, easy, easy to use uh, for, for those scenarios. And it and it's it's really comparable to what you see with Razor, so it's it's not that you're uh, like you have to learn a complete new structure. So when you're working with Liquid and Fluid and .NET, um, and I see in your Medium article, which we'll add in the show notes, you have a Fluid parser. Um, how do you test the different, you know, data sets that you might be getting for that. Do you write unit tests for it? Do you yeah. just do manual testing? No, we do a unit test because uh, it's, it's very easy to, so for instance, when we did, did the transformation from XML to, to uh, JSON for which at HL7 schema, uh, so it's very easy to, to come up with an XML data set, uh, get it through your code and the parser and know what the output is, and you can just compare it with like a, a pre-formatted uh, JSON, or you can even go further and uh, 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 pick up the JSON and see if the specific elements are there that you need. Um, so that's what we actually always do. We always uh, put it in, in, uh, in, in unit test, so you can easily test that and make sure that, uh, that your code still works. Uh, the main thing is what, what, what you do with Fluid, is when you provide your data, you actually um, give it a name. So, uh, so for instance, uh, when I started my first implementation, uh, I always did a model object. So you had to do model dot, and then you get your table name or or your object or things like that. Um, and now uh, we, because we we were uh, importing uh, parquet files, and every parquet file is one table. So we had then com that combined in one model, but now we added also things like uh, uh, importing JSON files or uh, importing uh, um, .env files, where you have a like a, an environment setting, uh, environment variable setting. Um, so you have you have different structures there. So now depending on the kind of data, we have different way of providing that to the to the template. And of course, you want to test it in unit test that when you uh, maybe change that, that name of that data, that it still all like works, right? So then it's very important to, to 
to solve that in the uh, in in your unit test. Uh, it also looks like y'all created a uh, VS Code extension yes. uh, to be able to test Liquid, I guess, yes. um, or to familiarize yourself with it. Yeah, so it's a kind of uh, inception <laughs> because we for this project where we went from XML to to uh, JSON. Uh, actually, the template uh, was used by um, people not too technical uh, at a customer site. So we had to explain them first what what is Liquid, and secondly, so imagine that you have this big claims file of JSON, which can be like very very large. So when you have this this in the big text file and with all this Liquid code flying around for an person who's not too technical, it can be very hard to, to understand and maintain and make sure that it's still valid JSON that, that comes out of it. Um, so what I then did is I started this uh, VS Code extension to actually use the uh, technology that you also have with the Jupyter Notebooks, where you can have your uh, markdown and then have a block of code that you can actually execute and you see the result in your, in your, uh, in your document. So I took this approach, and now it's Markdown together with Liquid. So you have these blocks of Liquid that you can have where you can test it. Uh, so you can also configure this file to tell it where is the data, mostly in a... So what I did is put it in a folder. You say where that is. So then the, the extension know where to pick up the data. Uh, and then you can just write your pieces of Liquid and then see the output of it. And that made it possible to firstly create um, a document with the technology to explain what Liquid is and to also have pieces of, of Liquid there that you can play with and execute and see what happens with a standard data set. Uh, but we, then we also created a training for the customer with that, uh, that same uh, extension uh, that helped them to how to build up a template for the, the HL7 JSON uh, structure that they needed uh, and to go piece by piece. And then they can pick up each piece and put it in a separate file because there's also an include uh, solution in, um, in Liquid. So where you can have a component that is in another file. So now you can structure your, your template like that. And then in that VS Code extension, you can have a block that only has that piece of code and you can focus on that and make sure that it works. Uh, and with real real data, you can just run it and see what the output is. Um, so that was the goal of the VS Code extension. And then recently, I added uh, support for uh, uh, for JSON there as well and .env because we're using it in another project. Um, so recently, we used this in a project for uh, with Azure IoT Edge, where one where we wanted to we for for. Uh, some reason we couldn't use uh, uh, layered deployments there uh, and base deployments, but we wanted to make sure that we deployed to edge devices ourselves where we know which modules we want to deploy. And actually, we use Liquid for this as well uh, with, with our own data from the database and then iterate over it and then output uh, a manifest in, uh, in JSON format, send it to IoT Hub, and then uh, IoT Edge and IoT Up do the rest of the magic of uh, getting down the, all the data and the, and, the, and the modules and run that. 
But then it's very easy, again, with this uh, VS Code extension to, uh, to test those pieces of code to make sure that it works. And you can then immediately document it. So uh, that's what I meant with Inception. It's the liquid describing liquid. <laughs> this has got me thinking. I'm, I'm wondering if you could take a template, combine it with liquid and the, and the data, and have the resulting merge sent out to the browser. And what I'm thinking of use cases like uh, generating an XML file. So uh, XML Excel file or something like that. So yeah. using, you know, just a standard, you know, Excel and then create a, a template that you then merge some data in and then send that out. It might be a lot easier to, to generate some custom Excel files that way versus the other libraries that out that you have to use all the different commands to build cells and workbooks and so on and so forth. If you just got a, an empty workbook file that you would start with and just, you know, populate it with your data as you need it, that might be yeah, a, yeah. a cool way yeah, so, to use it. So it's in, in this, this project that I uh, mentioned about the, uh, for IIT Edge in the manifest. So one thing we did there, we created a base liquid template uh, where we put in some data and we merge it, and then we have this JSON structure. And then the next step, what we did was we, we used uh, an implementation to read that into memory into an object model, so we can modify some stuff, and then wrote it back to JSON, because that's, in, in, in essence, what IET Hub is using, to have this manifest file and push it there and, and have, it, have it do its work. But then it turned out, when we were using that, it's like, so wait a minute, why are we using this strong template language? Output JSON, now bring it into memory with an, in an object model, which is like really complex because that structure is not fixed. And then do, do your stuff there and then generate JSON again. Why not do it all in the template? So we were actually uh, working on now on migrating that piece of code back into the template uh, because we already have the code and then generate JSON from that. Now, when you do that with Excel files, uh, because it's like XML based, you can do that, right? The only thing is if the, the schema changes, you have to make those, ch those changes as well, of course. But well, uh, even the, the, uh, the XML uh, uh, structure is very well defined. So I think mostly for uh, most solutions, you can do something that's uh, sustainable for a long time. Yeah, so it's doable. Yeah, I think definitely, you know, just starting and just create the empty shell that has, you know, your columns and your headers defined and extra data that goes along with it. And then just iterate over that inside the file to yeah. fill out all the different cells, you know, as long as you're trying to use doing something really fancy in what you're trying to do, like yeah. it might be hard to do spans or joins and things like that but uh, other than that i think it'd be pretty cool so i might have to to give that a try yeah and if, so my first experience with with because we were working on this hl7 big json structure which was really a big file and then i started like experimenting with liquid and at first i was a bit like overwhelmed because the json structure is already like you have to know where the like the braces are and and where an array starts and 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 the commas and stuff like that, 
And now you're putting in code to, to do it in an iteration. So you need to make sure that you have the, the, the commas in the right place to, to, to keep it like a valid array and things like that. So at first, then you're a bit overwhelmed. You're like, is it maybe making it too hard? But once you get the hang of it, there, there are very easy ways to, to do that and to test if you're, uh, if you're iterating over the collection, if you're at the last one of the collection, so you know that you don't have to put another uh, like comma behind it, for instance. Uh, so, so you have to get a little bit over the first like uh, a hard thing to use. But, but I found within within a day or so, uh, you you get the hang of it, and then you get better and better at it, and it's easier to use all the time. Yeah. yeah. So there's a few hurdles at the beginning, but yeah, uh, yeah. 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 But I used classic ASP back in the day, so this should be just. A oh, this should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, and, and the, the nice thing of of uh, Liquid is is there there are a number of uh, filters in there, uh, so there's you can even do like basic queries on tables. It's pretty basic. It's more like filtering, um, but the nice thing is even you can introduce your your own like commands in the language if if you want, of course. You need to support that with the with the right uh, uh, like runtime for it, um, but but when you do that, then you also understand how to use it, how you can get the size of a table, for instance, or uh, how to to uh, transform uh, a text to all uppercase or lowercase or uh, split things uh, into an array, for instance. So they're really like basic programming language elements in the liquid language itself. And of course, the implementation then depends on the runtime you're using and if the runtime supports it. But uh, then you can can do do real magical stuff with it. I, I uh, Yeah, I'm really an enthusiast uh, of, uh, of the technology because uh, uh, it opens more and more possibilities to have it in a, in a very nice maintainable way. So let let uh, let's see uh, your uh, your Excel implementation, uh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, are there some good learning resources out there for for you know learning the the, the syntax and the language and how to use it? So, what I use myself is um, when you go to uh, Shopify.github.io/liquid. Uh, that's the definition of the language. Uh, of course, they are like, like I mentioned, like Scriben. They have a kind of a, a, a like a, a basic implementation of the language. So there are multiple implementations and multiple, let, let's say, versions of the language. But this is the one I've been using because this is where the, the, the guys who came up with it. And they have a very good um, uh, documentation there of, uh, what are the basic operators, for instance? What what can you do with control flow? Uh, what are the the uh, implemented uh, filters that you can use? Uh, with some examples, so that's for me. That's the go-to source to to learn about what can you do with Liquid. And then the the other thing with uh, with Fluid with the runtime, um, they also added very nice um, documentation there how to use it in your code and how to also do some uh, specific things uh, with the value converters, for instance, that I that I mentioned. Um, and I found when I was doing this, 
I, I encountered uh, a few things that were not supported or not working as I expected. So I did uh, PRs on the on the GitHub repo as well. You get very fast response there. So that was a very good help for me uh, for me as well. And the rest is uh, well, it's text that I already knew. <laughs> so I guess one thing to be aware of is that if you did switch between different parsers, they might work off different versions of the language. Yes, they, they might implement specific filters or not, or specific language constructs. The language construct isn't that complex, uh, but but some things evolve in, the, in that language as well. So you need to see if that's uh, uh, implemented with the, the, the runtime that you're using, yes. The extension that you have for VS Code, is that uh, just one parser or is it... Yeah, so what, what I actually did is, uh, the 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 code that I used in the previous project, uh, that that's in a, so it, it's also on GitHub, so you can see it. It's a, it's a a, a .NET application, a console application uh, that that I just built for both for Linux and for uh, for Windows. Uh, and actually, VS Code extension under the hood just calls in that that console app. Uh, to give it the, the the data and then brings back the the, the, the output string. Um, it's not the ideal solution for a VS Code extension, because I would actually uh, rather implement a, a language server, because then you can also do some things uh, intermediate with with getting uh, your data structure, for instance, that you get help with IntelliSense there as well. But but uh, at that moment for the and for the project it was not the focus. But that could be an, a nice improvement to go to a language uh, server and have this implemented as well. Now it's just every block just is uh, uh, base sixty four encoded and sent to that console app, um, and then you get the output back and that's shown in the VS Code extension. Okay, so uh, before we move on to pixels, is there anything any last? minute things that you want us to to know about uh, liquid or the parsers or anything like that no i i would just encourage uh try to use it and uh dig into it and um it it's um it's really more and more solves the problems we encounter as engineers all the time when you go to a new project um and most of the time there is this templating mechanism in, in place when you really have a good look at it. So then uh, look again at, at this uh, template uh, language and see if it's something uh, that you can solve your problems uh, as well. Um, and it's then very easy to, to uh, share with um, like people who are not that deep into dev and know how to do .NET code uh, or uh, .NET code, etc. Uh, and just want to do this like simple template thing, but 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 use it in a powerful way. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's it's a good um, good thing to to use and to uh, to test it as well uh, and share it with others. So uh, encourage people to use it. Okay, so if people have questions and they want to reach out to you, is there a best okay. way to do that? Um, sure, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my GitHub repo is there with uh, uh, with the VS Code extension, so you can reach me there as well. Um, yeah, so uh, feel free to reach out. Okay, great. 
Yeah, and if our listeners have questions uh, and want to reach out to the show, they can get me on Twitter. I am at .NET Superhero. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, it's my turn. Uh, I see I haven't done this in a while. Um, and I'm at Caleb Wells Coach. Yeah. That was Captain um, Underpants, right? Tra la la. No, that's a different that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so let's uh, move on to picks now. Caleb, do you want to let us know what your pick is for this week? Sure. Uh, so my pick is um, it's actually something that I kickstarted more than a year ago. I'm going to have had it for a little while and just now getting the habit of using, but it's um, it's a hardware uh, device that goes on your head around your forehead and it actually like tracks your your brain waves to some extent and then it's got a software application um, and you use them together uh, to help build um, your ability to focus and uh, to strengthen your brain um, it's uh, it's an interesting device right and of course they they've got you know science back behind it and they've done research and stuff like that but uh it's a it's a cool device um and the software they they gamify it so it's fun so yeah it's uh mindy mindy like yeah, a m-e-n-d-i mindy, <laughs> mindy. <laughs> all right all right we'll check it out all right martin what's your pick for us well so um a few months ago, I, I picked up piano lessons again uh, because I, I already did a little bit of piano, uh, but I was always intrigued by jazz and I just wanted to learn. So there should be some kind of structure here, right? Because jazz always sounds like doing whatever you want to do, but it always sounds like amazing. Uh, and the nice thing is, is that now I, I took lessons from a jazz pianist and she started explaining to me what that there's actually a structure here. So, and of course, I'm a nerd. So I started, she, she told me like, go practice your, your, your chords, right? Uh, so I just couldn't just practice chords. So I wrote a UWP app, uh, put in my, my, so I can have my keyboard, plug it into my PC. I get all the MIDI notes in there. I capture the MIDI notes, but now you have to think about what makes a chord a chord? And that that struck me that it's it's all mathematics. It it's everything that you do there is there's a structure. It and that's actually pretty easy to do. And and the fun thing is when you then then start writing code, you have to like try to get that theory of how a chord works into code and then see if you can bring that back on the screen so you can show what chord are you playing. And then, of course, I started with the bass, like, three notes, but now I can also do with, with seven chords, and uh, I'm now working on, uh, like, on the tensions there. Uh, but then the fun thing was for me, everything is just about structure. 
So there's this circle of fifths that's magical when you use it. And so that made it a lot of fun to me because now when I'm, I already understood a lot of when I listen to music, there's a structure there, but now you more and more see what the structure is and what you can do with it. So it's very fun to see that you can have like real structure and then like implement chaos with it called jazz. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I don't have a link for that, but uh, like, go go have fun with piano and the circle of fifths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remind me of John Ski. Nice. You know, he got an electronic electronic drum set and he could, couldn't just leave it as a drum set. He had to start writing software to make the drum set do things that it wasn't supposed to originally do <laughs> and this and customize it and do this and do that. So Ooh, yeah. maybe you can write liquid code on your drum. <laughs> All right, John, if you're listening, you know, let's let's see some liquid code yes. on your electronic drum set. So also uh, jazz reminds me there's a there's a big jazz festival at the university near where uh, I live. And so. Uh, definitely familiar with a lot of different types of jazz. And of course, just about everybody in the U.S. is familiar with the small little town that I live in uh, here now with the, in the news. So little town of Moscow, Idaho. So it might even be international news, but definitely everybody in the U.S. And it is a very small town, but uh, it's uh, unfortunately got uh, on the news for bad reasons. So, but that's that's another story. So my pick this week is along the lines of an old pick that I did where I was looking for anonymous email systems so that I could sign up for things and and have them go to different email addresses so I could have an email address for conference and an email address for all these other sites that I si I sign up for for temporary things. But then I learned recently that if you use Gmail or Outlook you already have unlimited email addresses. And uh, what I mean by that is you have unlimited email addresses that come to the same location. So you don't have to open up different accounts and things like that. So if you have Outlook and like mine would be .NET Superhero at Outlook.com, if I signed up for something, I could do .NET Superhero plus blah, blah, blah at Outlook.com and wherever I signed up, think that's, that that's my email address, but it comes to the same in, inbox as .NET Superhero at Outlook.com. So, and the really cool thing is you can then filter on that. So if you start getting a whole bunch of spam emails from this certain place, you can look at the email address that they're sending to and figure out, oh, that's where I signed up for that. And they sold my email and this and that, and you can just filter it into junk or so on and so forth. So yeah, if you want to start sure. filtering by all those types of things, just use plus and wherever you signed up for, and then I'll tell you where it came from. Nice. That's a nice one. Yep. So that's the reason you cannot use a plus in your normal email name, right? <laughs> I, I guess. I heard you could also use other symbols, but uh, the only one I've been able to get work is, is the plus. So, yeah, I thought that would be really weird that, you know, what if somebody else already had something that had a plus in it or whatever, but... Uh, it got trunked, right, at the plus sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Great show. 
thanks martin for coming on the show it was nice to, yeah. to learn about you and and uh, meet you and learn about liquid yeah thanks for having me all right and we'll catch our listeners on the next episode of adventures in.net 